Hey everybody, how are you? We're live. How's it going? Just uh, on cue, on cue. It's like, yep, dog whining in the background. Howling. Hey, howling. Hey everybody, how are you doing? It's Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training, the lovely Joelle, and this is the What Would Jeff Do Show. Mm -hmm. How's everybody doing? How are you doing? Great. Good. I just uh, just got off the phone with Las Vegas. Cool. Yeah, in the belly of the beast, man. That's it. It's where it all went down. Sure so just rescheduled the uh, rescheduled. It's funny. I'm like, when did we have this originally booked? Like a year ago. May of 2020. Wow. So we're doing it in October of 2021. Yes. It's like so. The Las Vegas seminar. Are you looking at like just a big blue face? I'm like really thirsty. I'm really behind on my water. And are you thirsty? You didn't do your gallon yet? I've probably done. Wow. Three quarters of a gallon. Nice. So uh, this is the What Would Jeff Do show. It's a problem-solving show. A lot of people jump onto the show and they ask their questions like, how do I stop? How do I stop? How do I stop? So you hear me talk about like punishers and consequences. And I think we really need to do a, a, a conversation. Punishment is not abuse at all. And it's just the opposite of a reward. And when you want to stop an unwanted behavior, that's what you got to do. You've got to apply a punisher. You can call it a correction, call it a consequence. You can call it any, anything you want. And the big the big issue is that um, a lot of people are shying away from the conversation or they're just lying about it. And then we also have something called Jeff Gelman Seminars, which Kathy B. will be at this weekend. And that's where we just talked about how we just booked a um, a, 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 another one in Las Vegas. Also, we've got a bunch of one-day we have a new, in, in Providence, at our Providence training facility, we're doing a bunch of one-day focused seminars, Joel and I, and the first one we just announced, and it's on leash reactivity. So we're going to find the things that people are really struggling with the most mm -hmm. or they're confused about the most, and we're going to be doing one-day seminars on them. So that was launched, and if you go to jeffgelmanseminars.com, you scroll down to the calendar, you can see that and sign up for that. So that's going to be on leash reactivity, and it's going to be really, really fantastic. I'm really excited about that one. And then we got the training center here, which we do a little, a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. So let's start asking the questions. You can type your question at the bottom where it says post a comment. A couple of people have said, how do I get a question on here? I'm like, down at the bottom of your screen, it says post a comment. For all my folks on YouTube, you can always do a top chat that gets you to the top of the queue, but you do not have to pay to play. We answer as many questions as we can. We're only doing the show on Wednesdays now. And the reason is we've been we've been doing some really great brainstorming on Mondays and Fridays, which was our other days. So it's it's a Wednesday show where we shoot for about 90 minutes. We see how it goes. It all depends on how many rants this lady gets into. And um, and we're heading down to to uh, warm-ish Florida. Warm-ish warm -ish Florida. Um, uh, for all the folks out in Texas thinking about you right now. Um, uh, and here we go. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Kathy B. Hey, everyone. Excited about the yeah, seminar. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, Kathy B. Bundle up, sweetheart. Bundle I up. I know. Hoping for warmth. Uh, I know. 60 freaking degrees. Drazzy Ant Girl. Hey, guys. Hope you're all right. Oh, yeah, we're doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. Things are great. Things are always things are always good. In fact, it's funny because the better that, that Joelle and I are doing and that, like, our, 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 our seminars do and, like, we came up with a couple of great ideas – the marketplace always tries to like, you know, make it look like something else. It's just so funny. It's like indication of indication of how well we're doing. So I'm really excited about I'm excited about 2021. I'm excited about we're literally planning things for 2022 that are really, really exciting. And um, things are really good. Things are really good. Thank you. 
Wendy, hey, you too. Hey, how are you? Jamie Bear, hey, Jane J. Hope the weather is treating you well. Well, Jamie, I mean, like, the, you know. What's the saying? What's, There's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing or something? Well, I think there's bad weather and bad clothing. And no, I think no, I think it is along the lines of like, are you prepared for it or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I prefer the not cold, but you know what? The last couple of days have been not really that cold. Um, for us. The, we're like, ooh, a balmy twenty-five today. No, it was thirty. That's when you know it's February in New England. Yes. You're just like, it can't get any worse. Yes. Well, don't twenty-five see. is great. It was actually thirty-eight degrees the other day. And the trip, but it's funny because when we go hiking every morning, the trails are now frozen. So it's like our, the footsteps are like you have to Crunchy. walk on the like outside of the footsteps where yeah. nobody's walked yet because it's really slippery. Next, Wendy said, Hey, you too. Hey, how are you? Oh, we already read that. Wendy said, We've used the bonker with success. Yeah, so the bonker or the honker, the call, honker. you can call it what you want as long as it works. Maybe we should call it the honker, the honker right? We don't, we don't bonk anymore, we honk. <laughs> that way, people google it, <laughs> right? Honker, what. <laughs> Huh? It's a honker. We we'll call it the schnoz. <laughs> the schnozola. So if, if some of you people know what a schnoz is. So anyway, um, the bonker, it's a rolled up towel and it gets thrown at dogs. And a lot of people like to compare it to hitting of dogs. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But you take a rolled up cotton towel. And if you can stop aggression with that, you can stop resource guarding with that. You can stop penis biting with that. In fact, I just put up a post on Instagram with a 12 week old cattle dog that was biting the penis of its old of an older dog. And the owner literally said, no, whizzed a bonker at the dog and the dog stopped. I mean, you can't discount results. And for some folks to think that like, there's this concept of like, no, you shouldn't have done that. It's like, okay, let's wait until the older dog kills it. Cause I'm sorry, because you know, I think I'm into foreplay and I'm into penis fondling mm. and, you know, but <laughs> teeth on my dick, that ain't going to go well. Next. No second date. Next. Ben. Hi, Jeff. I have a three-month-old German shepherd that gets into the trash can. How would you correct her for this, please? So the trash can, first of all, we have to realize that your dog could die. That's what we have to realize. Dogs die getting into trash cans. They really do. Because they get things that are trash. 12 weeks old though which it's young. is 12 weeks old right but so but it's a german it's a german shepherd so what i would do is i would bonk now if it was a little bit older i'd say put a remote collar on that dog and do an act of god yes those are one of those things that a dog could die now but with a 12 week old puppy the dog could die easier because it's so small so get yourself a bonker set it up wait and watch like just sit there and stalk like you know the African Sahara waiting in, waiting down, and the dog goes for the trash can. No, deploy that bonker really firm. Oh my God, you're going to scare the dog? Yep, sure am. I want my dog to be afraid of going into the trash. Oh, so you use fear to train? Going in the trash, I want my dog to be afraid of going in the trash. Is that so bad? Is that so bad? No. Dog could die or cost you a fortune at the emergency room. Next. Melissa said, good evening. Hey, all. Melissa, how are you? Uh-oh. Oh, Bumposaurus Rex. Already got bumped. Um, Kathleen, hey, guys, got my ticket for the reactivity workshop. Nice. Can't wait to see you both. Can't wait to see awesome, Kathleen. Kathleen. We'll see you there. It's going to be a good one. Kristen, good evening from Madison, Wisconsin. Nice. Wisconsin's Hi, in the house. 
Wendy said, but now our five-month-old rescue looks for the deployment. What do we do? I assume we've already screwed something up. No, you haven't screwed something up. Are you saying no first? And you really shouldn't have to bonk so much. So you might not want to be, you might not be bonking. Your timing might be off a little bit. You know, bonking is supposed to be pretty stealth. Let it look for the deployment. Still bonk anyway. Next. Kathy, I like the in-depth video on Patreon explaining remote acronyms. Thank you. Yeah, so Kathy so Kathy B, this is what we're doing now. We are really adding a lot of value to our Patreon channel. And these videos are going to be, a lot of these videos are, they're not going to be on Facebook. They're not going to be on Instagram. So what we're doing is this. Teasers go up on those channels. One week before they're launched on YouTube, you can see them on our Patreon channel. And then they get deployed to YouTube. Some of them might not never make it to YouTube. Deployed to YouTube. Because we're making, we're making our Patreon channel like we want to make that the source for information of in-depth stuff. Next. Elise, I know you guys don't recommend littermates. Any thoughts on mom and daughter? Well, I mean, this is the thing. What's your skill set? I don't know anything about the dogs or their behavior. I mean, but why do you got to get mom and daughter? Like, why? Why? Why do you got to get two dogs at the same time? I mean, so this is the way I look at it. If you're going to get two dogs at the same time, which is fine, it's your decision, you're an adult, you know, then you should know and have a good grasp of, um, at a minimum, basic obedience and how to stop your most common bad behaviors. Because, and I don't say that because, oh, you, you know, you're a bad person for not knowing it, but you're getting two dogs at the same time and you and there's a host of issues that you, number one, have to train and there are a host of issues that you have to stop bad behavior. So I just want you to be make sure you're, you know, you're, you're savvy enough. You're savvy enough. One dog is hard enough. Next. S. Shay, how do you build a dog's confidence around other dogs? I think the number one way to get your dog to have confidence around other dogs is to be around other dogs, but not necessarily um, interact with other dogs. So many people want to put too much pressure on their dog. So there's a video that I just sent up to Mackenzie to edit of a dog that has gone after dogs before. And, and I had that dog around girl and it's, you know, it's, it's really great. We get the dog to do a double down with the remote and, and my dog was right there in the room with it. And we talk about like, just, you know, ignoring, ignoring girl. And that's sort of what we want that dog to do is right now exist around dogs, but we advocated for that dog and we got to advocate for all the other dogs. Next. Dana said, hi guys. Hey Dana, how are you? Shayla, hey from Brooklyn. Oh, I love me good Brooklyn. I'm loving Brooklyn. Yeah. Melissa posted the link to buy tickets to our leash activity mm. seminar. Thank you. Click on that. That's going to sell out. Yeah. Yeah. We have very limited tickets on that one. Don, hey Jeff, can I smack my dog as a punisher? Like, no, then smack him. I'm not a big advocate of that. So I'm not a big advocate. I think you can use a bonker instead. You know, I mean, I think there's a time and a place to be physical with your dog, like breaking up a dog fight or if your dog tries to attack you. But I, I would highly prefer that you didn't, you know, strike your dog with a hand, your hand. You know, there's a, there's a, there's there's a big difference between a bonker and your hand. There's a humongous difference. Next. Um, Marcus, why is there so much drama lately about people with double down or saying that there are trainers using place as a prison? Curious to what causes all this drama. So, you know, I'm not quite sure, like in particular, I mean, I can address like the double down. I mean, so the double down is 
by having a dog put its head down. And the way you achieve that, there's a bunch of ways you can achieve that. First, the dog should know it down. And then everything is done on a low level. So everything is done with a low level. And you can use a combination of a bunch of things. You can use a food lure so the dog understands it. You can use gentle leash pressure, gentle leash pressure. So there's no like, it's not like a correction. It's guidance. Everything is guidance. Or you can use very low remote collar stim with a combination of all those things. So everything is always in a low thing. So that's how we train the double down. And we show, we show that at all of our seminars, how we do that. And then as far as place, I mean, we've been doing place for, I don't know, 18 years I've been teaching place. I mean, so I think for your, at being a family pet dog trainer, I'm not quite sure what, why people would think that, but that's everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? But I think that I, the way I look at it is this, is for your average family pet and your average family that's got a very busy household, I think it's a really great, great tool to have your dog knowing where your dog is so they're not getting into trouble. And if you've got children running around and you got guests over the house, and I just think it's a fantastic, you know, one of your household management things to really help the dog. Also, a lot of dogs get stressed out with too much activity and they sort of need like, you know, Hey, tell me where to go. So I think that's really, really wonderful. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare a place to a prison. I mean, I don't even compare, you know, kenneling up your dog, you know, to a prison at all. I think we have to understand that your average family doesn't have, you know, the dog skills that a lot of other, that, that like a trainer has. You know, that that's for sure. I think I, mean, I know so many people that utilize place. I mean, thousands and thousands of dogs trainers trains place and. They use place in their own home and millions of owners do it. I mean, I think it's a fantastic command. So I'm not quite sure what the drama is. Next. Um, Jamie, I'm in South Dakota. We just got out of the below zero temps. Yeah, there's parts of the country that are very cold right now. Next. Wendy, Jeff nailed it in the video. Battling arousal despite practicing existence regarding pre-walk bonk for the right state of mind. Not sure I can do this in public. Suggestions, e-collar does not change the yeah, arousal. Yeah, it's hard. You can't really bonk in public, but you can do it at the beginning of your walk. You know, I mean, I think that training your dog how to be calm on command and how to get unaroused on command, I think is really, really important. And, you know, a lot of folks will say, well, I've got a high drive dog. I'm like, I'm not talking about like when your dog should be doing a drivey exercise. I'm talking about like the walk. Your average family walk should be like calm. And one of the things with leash reactivity is... You know, one of the things with leash reactivity, I think it's really important that people understand is that a lot of it is based on arousal and a lot of it ways to eliminate it is to apply a punisher at the first sign of it and 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 then also make sure that you like set yourself, you want to do both things, set yourself up for success and then set yourself up for failure. I think it's important with almost every obedience command that you set the dog up for failure as well. So you can have an educational moment saying, actually, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing this. If you're always trying to make everything perfect in the world, the problem is mother nature doesn't care about your game plan. Mother nature is going to always mess with you. So I think it's important that you prepare your dogs for like, the real world and the real world unfortunately throws lots of curveballs next mark mark from new york city thank you for the video console and our two shibas and dobi very helpful 
Do you recommend a dog whistle to recall all dogs at the same time? Also, Spade Shiba keeps humping the Dobie. Why is that? So, so we have to remember humping is not necessarily an act of, it's not a sexual act. It's not a dominance act always. It's just an annoying thing. So why does the dog do it? The simple answer is because that's what dogs do. What do you do? No bonk. That will stop it. As far as the whistle, I think it's, it's important that people understand that the whistle is a marker. So I've got dogs that treat the train hunt dogs. Okay. They do competition. They do, they do, they do field trial stuff. So I don't know the exact whistle sequence, but say they can do like three short bursts that might make the dog turn around, whether it's in water or on land. And then they can use a hand signal to send the dog out to the right, out to the left. They can use a, a whistle for that. So, but I assure you before the dog was trained, three whistle bursts meant nothing. It meant nothing. So if I blew the whistle to my dogs, they wouldn't come running back to me most likely. But if I paired it with my training program, they would come back. So I think first you've got to train the dog recall, and then you can make the whistle the marker for the recall. Next. Charles, hi all. Didn't have to put on my ice shoes today, and the walk was great because I wasn't distracted. Awesome, Charles. Good. Sheila, what do you suggest to do when a puppy gets nippy when playing? I've been told to yelp or get up and leave for a few minutes. So oh, nip that. Obviously, obviously, the puppy's nipping you. So this yelping thing, has it worked? I'm sure it has worked with some people. And as far as to get up, again, I think we have to really remember that that you know that it's important that we correct our biting dogs even from a young age. Now, the thing is that, that puppies bite. I know they do. But this concept of yelping, this concept of getting up, this concept of exchanging the, the, with a bone, I think that makes me, I, I get a little bit concerned about that. And I'm sure it has worked for some people. I prefer to make the nipping of humans uncomfortable. That's what I prefer. So number one, all of the, anytime I ever talk about like a punisher, it's always calm. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. It's just no. And then I will do something. So what will I do? Usually my go-to is I will take my thumb and I will put it in the dog's mouth and I will push down on the tongue and then I'll grab their lower jaw. So that's what I usually do. Okay. I have no problem saying no and then bonking a puppy. And you have to remember when I, in my videos, when I show bonking, that's for an adult grown dog. But for a puppy, you can use a dish rag, a towel, I mean, a, a washcloth or a bonker, but just not use as much force. We have to remember it's a cotton towel. And also remember the dog is nipping you. I think it's really important to stop nipping. And a lot of people struggle with the concept of applying a punisher to such a young dog, but like, how about when your dog does that to your two, three, four, five-year-old? Shouldn't we be concerned about that? So if you say no and then make it uncomfortable, so now no has value to it, your dog's going to stop doing it. Why? Because we've done it a ton of times and we see that. Now, is that the only way to do it? No, but that's an effective way that we have found to do it. Next. Um, Emily, our 10 year old has a resource guarding mm. food, toys, bones, humans, giant breed dog at her dad's. And we're not at all comfortable with yep. her being around the dog without safety measures. I don't blame you. They currently have her making physical corrections, such as holding his muzzle closed when he snaps at her or kicking it if it growls. So it needs to be addressed immediately. Right. 
Can you go over safety measures for kids with an aggressive dog in the house so we can have clear expectations? So, for them? Num so number one, Emily, number one, I, I, I would be highly concerned about grabbing the muzzle of a dog that is guarding. I'd be concerned about that. So what I do, number one, is I'm a big fan of, I've got a video on the um, the out command for resource guarding for food, for instance, but it could be for any resource. So food, bones, toys, humans. So I've got vid free videos on my YouTube channel on that. And we do it with a remote collar. It takes anywhere from one second for food to about five minutes to train for like, we can say out, meaning get out of this space. But for resource guarding of, of like say food, bones, toys, it's a one to two second protocol we do. And number one, I'd probably also muzzle train that dog. And I think I'd be really careful about grabbing the dog's muzzle because I think that can get the dog, you know, that's a good way for the person to get bit. Also, it's not gonna actually stop the issue. I'd also be really concerned about a dog, a large breed dog or actually any size dog, breed dog around, you know, children. Also, let's look at the rest of the day. Like, what's the dog's rest of the day look like? Are they holding it accountable for all its commands? Does it even know any commands? And it's like, of course, it should be getting exercise and eating a proper diet. That's a given. But watch the affection level. Um, there's a lot of things. But to address resource guarding, I've got very specific videos on that. I demonstrate that in all of our seminars. And that is one of the higher level correction things that we do. So for all of our obedience stuff, when we're training, it's all lower level stuff. So sit down, place, recall, kennel up. That's all lower level stuff. We do hundreds of reps of that until you get to correction level. Because for obedience, we don't correct until um, they know the command. But for, but for behavior modification, such as resource guarding, trash can, counter surfing, um, fence fighting, litter box, Killing cats, chickens. Yeah, 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 going after prey. That's all higher level uncomfortable stuff, as it should be. I and mean, we're talking about the safety of like the community, other dogs, people, and the dog itself. So that has to be a pretty swift message because you really want to you really want to eliminate that pretty quickly. Next. Kim, hey guys, when teaching e-collar on an insecure, fearful mm. dog, is it best to use the prong as well? She's trained on the prong, but the second she's faced with something new, it blows her mind. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to do prong, leash, and remote. And a lot of people would think that the remote, it's like, oh, so you're shocking my beautiful dog. It doesn't really, it's not like that. This is the thing. You can't reward, like, your tr truly fearful, nervous, anxious dogs will not take food. Like, even the best food. They just won't. Why? Because, like, we work with a ton of them. Like these dogs won't even eat out of their food bowl sometimes. So, and it's not that we made them that way. It's like they come in that way. They come in nervous and skittish. So I think by having the remote as a little bit of a motivator, it's really going to help you out a lot. And what you're going to do is you're going to layer your remote over your existing training. If the dog takes food, you'll also use food. With all of our remote training, we include food in the protocol. The way we train all of our remote training stuff is it's all like reward. It's all reward based. And it's all with food at the end, mm -hmm. you know. So I think by with nervous, fearful dog, you're just going to be using like one more pressure source. Next. Um, the conscious. Hey, J&J. Potty training. My 18 week old Springer Spaniel. How do I increase duration for holding her pee? She's still peeing in the crate. Yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, at 18 weeks old, the dog should be holding it overnight, but obviously it's not. Check for a UTI. 
the first thing I would do is check for a UTI, okay? So just get a sample of it, take it to the vet, check for a UTI, um, and then the, like they'll do all their vet stuff. Um, but then what I would do is have a really good schedule. So make yourself an Excel spreadsheet and really keep track of days of the week, time of day, put the dog on a really strict schedule. Also, always know where the dog is, limit free roaming right now, and take the dog out the same door to the same spot, stand there, make sure the dog actually empties its bladder. It's not just a, like a little tinkle, it's a full tinkle and then or poop. And then also you wanna limit its water and maybe cut off its water earlier in the night. And then maybe you wanna start taking it out later at night. You really want success. So what a lot of folks do is though, is they take it out too often. And by taking it out too often, you it's, a, it's like a catch 22. It's like, well, I got to take it off, off often, Jeff, or else the dog will piss in the house. But then if you don't let it extend it, you're not training the dog how to hold it. Mm -hmm. So that's where that like duration work goes. That's where that duration comes in. But it can be challenging. It can be really, trust me, it's probably, I, I'd rather have it. I'd rather deal with a 18 week old biting dog than an 18 week old dog that can't hold its bladder. That's for sure. Next. Sue. Hi, Susan from Guatemala. I have a five month old pit bull. And the recall works fine when we're alone, but around other dogs, he just forgets yeah. I exist. Oh, well, any tips? So, Sue, yes, congratulations. So, I love Guatemala, by the way. So, um, so I think the thing is this. It's, we have to remember this is, the, this is the concept of distractions, right? So, no matter how well a dog does with you, what's the real test? The real test is like what happens when a leaf blows by, right? Or you're outside and there's grass smells or there's like all kinds of odors, like you just don't matter anymore, right? So this is where if you only have a leash with a long line, you're gonna have to use a little bit more compulsion because even the best food and the, the the happiest voice and the happiest good boy, good girl, unfortunately, it's gonna get beat out by like a dog, prey, like people, kids, you know, any like a leaf, you know what I mean? Anything's going to be better than you. So I think what you need to do is you need to, you're going to have to start using a little bit more compulsion, which is force. And if you have access to a prong collar, that would be fantastic. And then a remote collar is really going to help you out a lot because if you start going through the sequence and you're, again, you're doing hundreds of reps, hundreds of reps, hundreds of reps before you get up to correction. So again, you're not going to get up to correction for a, for a while, but you just got to get your reps in. That's the thing about remote cowers. It's like a lot of people will think, oh, it's like that's that's like lazy and taking shortcuts. Actually, you reps are reps. Like all my one-on-ones, when I do like remote cower training, I'm like, guys, you still got to do your hundreds of reps. No matter what, you got to do your hundreds of reps. Mm-hmm. And then you got to do, you know, then you got to do this. You still got to teach the dog escape conditioning. You got to prime the dog, escape conditioning, you know, non-compliant stems. I mean, there's still a whole thing before you get up to correction. I mean, it's a long process. Mm -hmm. For obedience, it's a very long process. Next. Um, Wendy said, thanks. You're welcome. Diane, my brother put the dog in the metal can, then beat the metal can. The dog never went back to the garbage, LOL. Oh, oh, the dog, he put the dog in the kit. You know, that's not something I would do, but, you know, I mean, a lot of people would think that's mean. I mean, oh, put, I'm like sitting here trying to figure you out put him in the trash can. Oh. So, I mean, it's exactly not something exactly I would do, but this is what it looks. This is to me, it's like, I mean, if you're, it, this is where people have to take out some context here. So, that's not one of our training protocols, but. But 
I like to look at big picture stuff. I don't think your brother had the habit of coming home from work every day, throwing your dog in a garbage can and just beating it. That's not what we're talking about. I think what happened was the dog was getting into the trash and the dog, he probably heard that, oh, by the way, if you put the dog in the trash can um, and hit it, it'll work. It's no different than chicken killers. There's a lot of people that say, take a dead chicken, tie it to the dog's neck for three days. It'll never kill a chicken again. And you know how many people do that? Like a lot of farmers do that. Really? Yeah. And Never it works. And it works. So is that my go-to? No, it's not. Mac, enough. Shit, he might have to go out. So um, that's not my go-to at all. But do people do it? Yes, they do. Do they have luck with it? I mean, success with it? Yes, they do. So we have to sort of like, do I want my dog running around with a dead chicken on its neck? No, I don't. But being a big picture guy, do I want my dog to like... I know dogs that can literally take out two dozen chickens in 10 minutes or less. Any dog could. Yeah. So therefore, there goes all my eggs. If I'm using them for meat, I think you have to realize that like people depend on their livestock for like for revenue and for food source. And all of a sudden now your dog has destroyed that. I've never heard of that tiny yeah, yeah. chicken just now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. so next. Um, Wendy, does bonking cause a dog to be head shy? So Wendy, that's supposedly what people say. Considering that I've bonked probably, oh, I don't know, conservatively, we'll just call it a few thousand times. I've never seen that. No, and then bonk. I've never seen it before at all. I've seen dogs come in head shy and we never bonked them. You know, so I've never seen it, but you'll hear that from people who have never done it, or maybe they did it wrong. Don't let him out. Is he standing up? We'll see how it goes next. Christine, six-year-old foster GSD, have had since October. Gets along great with other GSDs in my home, but she barks and goes toward daughters every time they come home or daughters open my bedroom door in the morning. Hmm. Have used can with coins, air gun, got to step it up to bonking or e-collar. Yep. Last night, new dog nipped at my daughter's arm when she was dancing. Okay, so it sounds like the dogs are, are the dogs in her room, the mom's mm -hmm. room? Okay, number one, I get the dogs, and it's a six-year-old, correct? Oh, no, the dog is six. Okay, the dog's biting the child. Okay, number one, let's get your dog in a crate, number one. Number two, when your daughter is dancing and the dog is getting all agitated or even stands up in the crate, we're going to start correcting that. If the dog barks at the daughter, we're going to start correcting that because that's unacceptable. So it sounds like things are graduating. So it's time for you to start correcting the dog. A lot of people will be like, oh, well, then the dog will be afraid of the daughter. Like, you know, do you want to let him out or do you want me to let him out? Yeah. So, so what's going to happen is the, 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 it's getting, it's getting worse. So a lot of people say, oh, get the daughter to be friendlier with it. It's not about that. It's about even if the dog got, first of all, how would that happen? What, your daughter starts feeding the dog? Your, dog, your daughter starts like training the dog? Of course, all those things are important. But the bottom line is what happens when the dog decides to guard you again, which, is might, what, which might be happening. So I would need more of the big picture stuff. That's why a lot of people do one-on-ones with me. Um, because I like to get a lot more information, but it sounds like it's possible the dog is guarding your bedroom and guarding you, 
And um, theoretically, your dog should be able to be doing a downstate or place and not go after the daughter. But that's like a protocol. It takes some time to do that. In the meantime, though, I would definitely create your dogs out of your bedroom. It's a safety issue. It's a safety issue. Um, uh, Peter asks, hi, J&J. My six-month-old German Shepherd dog husky mix is a thing on eating rocks in the backyard. That's a pain in the ass. So your dog might have pica. But um, what we do is when the dog eats things off the ground, we use a remote collar. And you can either say no or you can use the tone button, which will be your no marker, and then correct the dog. Because, again, we've had dogs eat so many rocks that they have to be rushed to the hospital. And if they don't get rushed to the hospital, yes, they shit them out. But, boy, it sounds like, you know, a machine gun, especially when it hits the pavement, like boom, 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 boom. All right. Kathy B, Patreon is getting even better. Love all the new videos. Join if you haven't. So worth it. Thanks, Kathy B. Yeah. Plus, we're going to be turning more and more into virtual learning. So we're setting up everything up for virtual learning. So for 18 years, we've been doing a lot, giving away everything. We're still going to have a lot of free stuff on our platforms, but we're going to be doing a lot more stuff in depth. Why? Because there's a lot of money that goes into it to edit all the, to edit all these videos. Next. The conscious at what age can I walk my 18 week Springer Spaniel with my two and a half year old GSD? She gets super excited and it's all over my GSD. So number one, you can do it now, but you've got to get control over the situation. So what you're going to do is you're going to do the pre-walk punisher, pre-walk uh, uh, correction. So what you want to do is number one is how well does the, does the 18 week old dog walk on its own? You want to make sure that's a decent walk. At 18 weeks old, a lot of times they're not great. So you want to improve that. Number two, at the beginning of the walk, if there's any nonsense going on from the 18-week-old dog, you correct it. It's fair to do because it's annoying. It's annoying. And also, it's a risk because leashes can get tangled up. For, for all you know, your older dog might give it a snap. The last thing you need is like your dog's fighting in the middle of the walk. Next. Um, Melissa posts the link to the Patreon channel. Oh, thank you so much, Melissa. Julie. Hi, Jeff and Joelle. Sending love and warmth. Oh, hey, Julie. Hey, how Julie. are you? It's cold where you are. Ben, hi Jeff. How would you introduce her to the prong collar? So place? I've got. Do we have? We have. So we have. So, we definitely have videos yeah. on that. So yeah. we've had videos. So Ben, go to our YouTube channel and just in our search box put in um, prong collar introduction, and a couple of videos will pop up. All right, buddy. And I'll show you how to size it and introduce it. It's actually a very soft, gentle method. It's you want to teach your dog how to release the pressure and a lot of people think oh you put the prong collar on the dog and you just like yank, <laughs> yank and crank it. it's the farthest thing from it it's the farthest thing from it next crystal said i agree a bonker is different from your hand always use your hand for good yeah well i mean i mean this is the thing it's you know, I, I mean i've had dogs come after me and i've got no tools that's different that is different but what i like to do is like if you're doing a training session we have, there's so many tools out there that are available. Next. Mel B, my GSD pit puppy, five and a half months old, barks at some strangers and not at others. Will she grow Will she grow out of the fear period? How do I address this in public? Sometimes she takes treats and continues barking. So Mel B, be very careful about that bark, treat, mm. bark protocol. Yep. Just keep in mind, so we use a ton of positive reinforcement in our training. Most dog trainers, including ourselves, train obedience with a positive reinforcement reward-based training program where we reward for both effort and success. And sometimes we, use a, we have to use it as a lure on some of our dogs. So 
if you if 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 you understand if you think about it from a common sense standpoint food is a reward it increases teaches reinforces a new or existing command now your dog is barking at strangers now maybe you're saying no or quiet the dog quiets and you give the dog food because it quieted down but then it barks again so are you training bark quiet bark you might be so that's when you've got to correct so you know dogs do grow out of fear periods i personally like to give them a little bit of help and how i give them help is by saying no and then leash pop next 20 dollars top chat from mark mark from nyc every time i join this q a i learn so much useful info that actually works in real life you have no idea how much money and time i have spent on useless trainers whose advice didn't work in real life you were a savior jeff so mark first of all number one Thank you so much. And that's why, you know, I've got, I mentor a lot of colleagues, but we just put up a post um, from, we just had a, a wonderful shadow student, Lindsay here the other day. And we were saying, I think you caught that on video. And I think I put it up on, on, our, on our Instagram channel, on our Facebook channel, and you guys can catch it. And the question was like, hey, Jeff, how do you deal with all the hate? And how do you deal with all the negativity that is thrown on you? Because I do get a lot of hate and negativity. And and, you know, and the way I look at it is this, number one, the, what Mark just did is what helps me out a lot. It's like, like my videos and my advice were made for Mark. That's pretty much how I do it. Mm -hmm. And my videos were made for Mark. Right. So Mark likes my videos. Mark's finds value in my videos. Mark used my videos and find value. Many people see my videos and don't like them. I didn't make them for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't make them for them. I made them for people like Mark to help him. So, and then, you know, I like to look at hate as it's not my issue. It's not my issue. So I don't, if someone says something negative about you, that's not truly about you. It's about them. So I think it's important to understand when you have when, when you are truly helping lots of people and the bigger you get or the more people you help, it's not even bigger. It's like, but the more people you help, the more, more people that talk, you know, good things about you, you can have just as many or even more people talk negatively about you. And I think you've got to decide. And I talked to I talked to um, Lindsay about this. And I'm like, when you when something negative happens in your life, anything negative happens in your life, it could be anything, you know, a fight with your spouse or a fight with your partner, or you know, with, with someone you work with, or you know, you got some negative news or whatever. Whenever you sleep on it, correct, you always feel better in the morning, usually. Yeah. So what you need to do is you need to train your brain to go, well, why do I need to sleep on it? What happens if you get negative news in the morning? Now I got to think about it all day long and I got to go to bed unless you like take a nap right afterwards. <laughs> it's like, oh, hold on here. I got to take a nap. I just got some negative news. It's like, but why is it that we have to sleep on it? Why can't we train our brains to just go, this doesn't bother me and I actually feel bad 
for the person that's actually being negative. So whenever I ever hear about or see anything negative about me, my first instinct is empathy. It's actually empathy. I actually feel bad, not for me, but for them. I feel bad for them. I'm like, I'm really sorry that you're in that state of mind that you feel you have to do that. And I think that like that all goes with that whole giving and sharing that I do. It all goes with my whole mindset. And I think it's just, and I also like to think it's more of an indication of that person than of me. And so what I do is I like to try to flip things. And I don't flip things to like play mind games with me. I flip things because I truly believe it mm -hmm. to, the, to my very deep part of my soul. I really believe it. So, so I think, I don't know how we got on that. Uh, I have that no thing. idea. How we got it because of the $20 top chat. It's like, so for anybody out there that's struggling with that, it's like, it's the people that you're helping that really matters. And the people that don't like you really don't matter. Next. Mel B, 499. That makes so much sense. I paid a trainer big bucks who suggested strangers offer treats and it's just reinforcing a behavior I don't want. Yeah, Mel B, you know, I get why people do that. I understand why people do that. So, so the theory is this, Mel B. My dog thinks that this human is bad. So if this human comes up with food, now my dog is supposed to think this human is good. Unfortunately, that's a great way to, for the other person to get bit. Mm -hmm. So instead, let's correct the behavior, advocate for the dog, don't let the human approach, but get your dog around lots of humans and be like, listen, you don't have to worry about the humans. I got the human thing covered. Mm -hmm. I got the human thing covered. Next. Elise, I have the mom already had puppies. Mom is very well trained. No issues. She's solid with obedience. But I was thinking of keeping a puppy instead of oh, purchasing another. They're Rhodesian. Oh, bags. I understand. Okay. So, so Elise, I think that, you know, in that, there we go. So thank you for that additional information. So you can always give it a try now. You can always give it a try. Next. Raymond, great stuff. Thanks for your insight. Oh, you're welcome, Raymond. Daniel, my one and a half year old American bulldog has bit me and my wife and Ooh, grandson. Geez, Any suggestions? Yeah. I need help. So, so Daniel, I don't want to tell you to like you do a one-on-one -on -one online consult because it does cost money. But Daniel, buddy, I mean, to really get help, I need so much information. When when, an, when a dog is biting the owner and immediate family members, obviously it's a big issue. That's why you jumped in. And I don't want to be like, you need to pay for advice. But all I can say is, number one, is muzzle train your dog, start obedience training your dog, even though obedience training is not going to eliminate biting, but have a lot more structure in your household. There's going to be a lot of management right now. That's not the final answer, but it's a good segue. It's a good segue. No dog on the furniture, no dog on the couch, cut down on affection, start teaching your dog basic obedience, hold your dog accountable, but I would highly suggest you muzzle train that dog. And then also you would want to probably do a one-on-one -on -one because we're talking about like technically life and death of the dog and then harm to you next. Leslie. Hi guys. You're both so cute. <laughs> Thanks Leslie. I know well, your dog one of us is cute. Yeah. 
I know your dog is not supposed to walk in front of you, but when it's a giant dog whose back is above your knees, it's tough when you're trying not to get knocked down. He's a five-year-old rescue I've had for two years. We've made progress thanks to you. Thank you. So, Leslie, this is the thing. Number one, him being a rescue really doesn't matter. Rescue is not a breed, but, you know, that that's fine, Leslie. Thank you. I love you. So, I think if you watch our spatial pressure video, watch the spatial pressure video. No matter what size that dog is, you're going to get it to walk behind you. Now, I think you'll find that very helpful. Next. Alice, Alice, a.k.a. Diane in Georgia. You two sure made mine, hubby, and our three dogs' lives so much better. I never get tired of Jess' rants. LOL, makes me want to ask a silly question. Still watching. So, Alice, don't you dare, like, trigger me, okay? Don't don't trigger me. We have some super fans that, like, ask questions on purpose that they know. Trigger you. They'll know I'll go into a rant on. Next. Um, Anna, hey, I walk my dog mostly off leash, mm. but lately I've noticed that she yawns after she does a command, sit her down. Could this be a sign of stress? Should I correct this? So this is the thing, you know, according to the books, you're stressing your dog out, right? <laughs> according to the books, you're stressing your dog out and you shouldn't ask your dog to sit or you should stop the training. It could also be the release, the release of stress. It also could be your dog objecting. It also could be like dogs yawn. I yawn all day long. Like I probably yawn 20 times yes, during this show. Dogs yawn dogs fart like it's like dogs lick their privates i mean i mean it's like you know i think that this whole concept of like the dog's got whale eyes i'm like no the dog's looking that way and the camera's shooting from this way it's like i think we have to be really really careful about like misinterpreting certain stuff i mean if you tell your dog to sit and it sits and yawns that could just be your dog's objection it might be going Fuck you. You know what I mean? It's like, like it, could be, it could be anything. It could be anything. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Next. Melissa posted your uh, text community phone number. Oh, thank you so much. Shit. I just got bumped. So the text, what is the phone number? Because people, because thank you for all the people. I got bumped. Here we go. 401-341-1903. So what you do is you just text me on that. You'll get one automated text and then I'll, like, then I get texts out to you. And, um, you know, for all the people that are listening on the podcast, thank you so much. Next. Valerie said, hashtag a bonk for a penis, hashtag awareness. <laughs> right, right. I know. Yeah, that was a funny post. Next. Linda, should anyone ever run and grab a dog who doesn't listen to come, grab and put them in their house? They say, well, they know I'm serious and look, he isn't moving. Um, I'm a big fan of just having a leash on the dog and training the dog to recall. But I mean, if you say your dog was in the backyard, and wasn't coming and you had to go to work. I mean, that is an option. It's not going to train the dog though, but I mean, at least your dog got into the house. You have to be really careful about grabbing the dog's collar because if, if it objects enough, it could turn, it could turn on you. And it's not going to be like turn on you and maul you, even though we have dogs here that do that. I think it's really, really important though, that, you know, that's one thing is like, people are like, are like, like they don't want to use the remote collar sometimes because they're like, well, I'm never going to do off leash recall. I'm like, do you have a fenced in backyard? Yes. Is your dog off leash in the fenced in backyard? Yes. Well, your dog can like avoid you for days theoretically, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Next. Amanda. Hi, if I have one dog chewing on a bone and the other dog hovers over it and Ooh. takes it, the dog chewing will growl and bark to guard. Yes. The second dog takes the bone. Which dog should I be correcting? So, Amanda, which one do you think? Mm. The bone chewer or the bone stealer? Right. I'd correct the bone stealer. Rude. Okay. It's like, 
No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Next. Um, Dana was told at the vet yesterday that Stetson was on the chubby chart, bought, brought home a treadmill after Zoom yesterday, and the tips on your treadmill videos had him picking it up like a champ. Thanks for all you guys do. Oh, you're welcome, Dana. Good. Yeah, so I've, I've got a bunch of videos on how to train a dog on a treadmill. I actually have a video on how to buy a used treadmill because because I've bought, you know, back, you know, I bought, I've gotten, I bought like for 25 bucks or gotten free treadmills that were like, I didn't try them out. And guess what? I brought him back to the training center and I'm like, this treadmill sucks. Next. Kristen, would you punish for excessive panting? My 120 pound lab who guards me will do all commands uh, and is good on prong, but can see a man walking a block away and starts panting heavily. So the, I, I would actually correct for, for guarding you. So this is it. Drooling, I don't correct for. But if a dog is panting, you could correct for, but I'm I'm more concerned about the guarding behavior. So I would start working on the out command, meaning get your dog to move away from you. Now on a walk, you really don't want the dog to move away from you. But I would I would probably set that up in an enclosed area with a leash on the dog and start teaching the dog that. Would I correct the dog for excessive panting? I mean, what does it lead to? What happens if the human gets closer? Mm. You can correct for panting. I mean, obviously, if it's like cooling itself off, you don't want to correct that. But it is a stressor. It's a lot of the signs of a stressor. And it's like, believe it or not, you can correct that. A lot of trainers will say, well, that's you can't control it. But like you actually can. How do I know that? Because we do it all the time very successfully. And we see it. We end up seeing a very calm dog. Next. Erin, hi guys. I recently started volunteering to train rescue dogs. Most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Thank you for all you do. Your content has changed my life, improved my life tremendously. So Erin, again, thank you. That's a great, that's another great example why I don't care about hate because of folks like Erin. And it's not that, oh, I only want positive feedback. It's like, I only care though about people who I help. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's like the best example I always give is, I'm not a big science fiction person. I'm a conspiracy nut, but I'm not a big science fiction. 9-11 was an inside job, guys. So, 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 you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big science fiction you know, person. So if I was to watch a science fiction movie, I'd be like, I really didn't like that. And I would hope the person who made the movie really doesn't care what I think. Mm -hmm. The movie's not for me. Right. They didn't make it for me. So why would they care? So, and, you know, I think that, that again, for all my, my trainers out there and for, I think anybody in any industry, it's like, how many people do I know that don't like sushi? I love sushi. If I was to bring that person to a sushi restaurant, they might not have the best experience, but I would enjoy the experience. So it's like, you don't even like sushi. So who are you to rate the food? Mm -hmm. You know, next. The conscious, how do you manage an 18-week-old Springer Spaniel peeing when meeting another dog? I'm guessing that developing confidence with a pool and water bottle is a great start. Well, I think I think controlling the level of excitement, that's called excitement pee. Unless the dog is like being afraid, that now would be like a fear-based pee. I think, you know, that's one of those things where we try to, we, I usually am like, like stop keeping dogs under the threshold. I'm like, that's one time I'm actually trying to keep dogs under the threshold. Now, do some dogs grow out of that? We put dogs in a very structured training program. So there's a lot of structure in the life. We, we, we get the, we, 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 
We do confidence building exercises. We do obedience. We hold the dog accountable. We get to, we get starting to control the dog's arousal. And then we all of a sudden start seeing it organically go away. Next. Alpaca stuff. Tips to get my great Pyrenees to poop in the yard. I've been walking him around the farm in loops until he poops. It usually is a lot quicker on walks, but I want to have him pooping at home. I've given him treats after he poops and said, good poopy when he lowers his hips. Will you send me a recording of yourself saying good poopy? Good poopy. I want to see a video of that. I want to see a video of you saying good poopy. So I think it's, I think number one, a good time to do that is first thing in the morning because a lot of dogs have to poop. And you go to one spot and you just stand there, literally stand there. Mm -hmm. And you like wait it out. If the dog doesn't poop, you can come back, put them in the crate. Not because they did anything bad, but it's like, I'm not going to give you freedom of movement until you poop. So we want these dogs to start pooping on command. Next. Um, Wendy, teaching calm on command has been the issue with this lab. He retrieves in high drive, have taught other dogs settle, but this one struggles, especially in public. I want a calm walk, hard to get. So I think, you know, I've got drivey dogs too. And, you know, one of the things about drivey dogs is you need to be able to, if, obviously turning them on is easy because they've got built-in drive. But sometimes turning a drivey dog off, either people struggle with it or actually people are told not to do with it because you'll destroy the drive. Mm -hmm. Ironically, I've worked with thousands of drivey dogs and I teach them like, place duration because it's good for the state of mind it's like meditation it's like yoga it's like good for the state of mind the last thing i want is a drivey dog like walking around my house it's like whether it makes a good choice or not it's like you're driving your you're, hey dog you're driving yourself crazy and you're probably driving the people in the house crazy it's like why don't you just go there and settle down i think it's a good way for impulse control it teaches it's a great household management tool it's great for families keeps the dogs out of trouble. <clears throat> and there's so many really, really great ways to do it. So we do a lot of duration work and impulse control work with that. And the remote collar, believe it or not, at different levels, a lot of time it's it's a low level, which can get the dog to be like, I'll calm down. It's pretty cool actually. So I think when you know how to use a remote at all different levels, you can literally have a conversation with the dog with the remote because it is a conversation piece. When you get really good at your remote, you literally can have conversations with your dog. And it's pretty cool how you can get dogs to like go into a really calm, not shut down, but a nice calm state of mind. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Next. L training a four month old Belgian shepherd. He barks badly in the crate. Bonking kennel didn't work. I then taught him to lay down with e-collar pressure. This is really helping. Yep. Should I continue using e-collar to address the barking or is he too young? No, he's not too young. I think that what's really cool is I think you found, you're obviously finding out what's working. So who's, who said that? L. So L. So L, this is what's really cool. You sort of answered your own question, right? It's working. Run with it, buddy. Run with it. Run with it. And sometimes you got to play around with it for a little bit. You know, next. Melissa posts the link to my Patreon channel. Yeah, if, every, if everybody can join Joelle's Patreon channel. So Joelle, like she's a, she gets up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning and she works until like after this show. She'll still probably be doing some social. She does a lot of editing. She also has her own business and she's a she has really helped grow this business. She's the one that is in charge of all of our social media. She travels and does seminars. She does, she does a lot of the training 
excuse me, the training center, but she also has her own business and that's her Patreon page. And it's really big on fitness. And it's really big on like food and it's not a diet. It's a way of life. In fact, she just finished up the six week, a six week challenge. And it was really, really incredible. This wonderful community that she built. And it's very, very Crushed impressive. It very impressive of the, the, the amount of people. There's no cattiness. There's no nonsense. It's like it she, is a pretty supportive. Group. She announced the winner and like everybody was like, so, so happy, so happy. And I bet you a lot of people agreed. A lot mm -hmm. of people were like, yep, they should have won it. They should have won it, you know? So it's really, really great. And for all the people that if you're listening, because I, I know there's a lot of the followers that follow me and follow Joelle, I just want you to say that I'm really proud of all of you. Next. Emily, thanks, guys. Our daughter heard what you said about being concerned for her safety. We aren't able to control the way they train their dog. Oh, right. And have explained that none of that behavior is acceptable at our house with our animals. Just not sure how to approach her safety around an untrained oh, dog. So they come to your house? So what I would say is the dog's not allowed to come to your house anymore. No, it's at the father's. I'm assuming the parents aren't together. So when she goes to her dad's house, oh, that oh, dog oh, is oh, there. Oh, I see. So... I guess so. It's a split family. I think so. Is oh. that right, Emily? Okay. Sorry if I'm so, not. So if you've got a split family, I'd be really concerned. I mean, I don't know what your relationship is with you. If, if this is like an ex, but I'd have a sit down. I'd be like, listen, like our daughter, because it is both of your, if we're if like, well, I'm on the right path here. Like I'm a lot of assumptions right now is like afraid and concerned for her safety. So that should be a concern. And when you see it from a place of love and not a place of anger and not a place of like a lot of people have really, really bad split up. So I don't know how your, how's yours, yours was, but like, and also maybe you can have your daughter like sit down with her dad and say, listen, I'm really, really, you know, afraid here and, and see where it goes from there. Next. Rebecca. Hey, both what age and or size do you typically introduce the prong collar and e-collar? So I think, you know, if it all depends on how you're going to use it. Keep in mind that training tools are just communication devices. So a lot of people will go, oh, don't use a remote collar until six months old. I struggle with that concept because a remote collar could be used in so many wonderful ways for a dog at 14 to 16 weeks old. And that doesn't mean you're like, you know, blasting dogs or shocking dogs, but it's just another pressure source. I mean, when you pair a remote collar at low levels over your existing training protocol, with food included and a leash for guidance, you're really setting yourself up for some really great off-leash uh, uh, obedience. Next. Megan, hey guys, at the farm, we're doing group place on the porch. Oh boy, can't wait to see you guys. We are running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Well, stop running around with your chickens cut off. I mean, Where did that phrase come from? What? Do chickens actually run around with their heads cut yeah, off? Yeah, I've killed a couple chickens before. And they run around. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, blood spurting out of their heads. Yep. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. That's so fucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why so, did they do that? Yeah, I've had to kill a couple of chickens before because you know they were dying in the yard. But those those chickens were like they weren't running around with their head, heads cut off because they were they were on death's door. Yeah, we've had some animals get into our chicken coop, and we've also had other and then other chickens like will gang up on chickens and they'll kill them. Chickens can be nasty. Nasty. Yeah, the chickens can be nasty. Next. Well, what were you going to say to Megan? Oh, bring some warm weather down there. Next. <laughs> David. Hey, guys. Hey, David. Hey, how David. are you? Love you, buddy. Aubrey, question about owner confidence, leash reactivity, improving after using prong and e-collar for loading. 
But when dog has one explosion, I lose all confidence. Advice for owners working on reactivity. So I think, Aubrey, I think, you know, you really, really hit a good point. And I think that what you need to do is, is and this is one of the things that, you know, that we're going to videotape and really talk a lot about at our leash reactivity seminar. And I think, you know, when you have, when you, when you are not being successful on your walk, it's really easy to lose that confidence. I think what you need to do is start setting yourself up for some more successes. And number one is make sure you've got the right body position. Make sure you've got the right handling skills. Make sure you understand how the tools are working and being able to recognize arousal, eliminate arousal right at the beginning of the walk. Do a bunch of driveway drills, which consists of a lot of like quick obedience, you know, sit down, walk away, turn right, turn left, make quick 180s and go up and down your driveway and start getting your dog to start being aware of the handler, which is you. So many dogs go through life not aware that there's actually somebody holding a leash. Watch our spatial pressure video. Also, don't be afraid to move away from dogs. Don't like hightail it out of there, but really try to like, you know, really, really try to have these successes, these mini successes, and then maybe you want to cut the training session or your walk short when you're winning so you can start building up your confidence. And then also have a way to correct your dog when you start seeing it loading. So start understanding loading signals. Next. David said, congratulations on the property, Joel. Yeah, Joel just David. bought a wonderful, wonderful, I don't know, do we even call it a farm? It's, it's a four-acre uh -huh. piece of land that abuts 180 acres of open space. And, well, it's actually there is not. a house. Everyone keeps saying, is there a house? Because yes. you keep saying it's just four yes. acres of land. So, so there's a wonderful house there, and, um, and I'm really proud of her. I mean, she's been working her ass off, and it just goes to show when you work your ass off, you get great things. And she's doing a great job with the remodel. I don't want to say remodel. Like, no walls are coming down. It's just, like, all, it's a lot of painting and, 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 and up, up, updating to it and then the furniture she's doing and there's upgrades and it's going to look it's going to look really really beautiful and um uh she'll showcase it off i'm sure i think we're gonna be we're gonna be doing some videos there because might it's not. a really good setting what maybe might not. maybe not maybe you'll keep it hidden from everybody probably Next. kelly hi guys been loving your videos this week so so true oh thank you S. Shay dog likes his space from other dogs while on leash yeah. do you need to muzzle in case of off-leash dogs we had two dogs come after us yesterday, and we were able to get away, but my dog growled the whole time. Yeah, I've got no that was the first time we had that happen in a year. I have no problem with your dog growling the whole time. What I like to do is, and I know a lot of people struggle with this concept. They've probably never seen a dog killed in front of them. But what I would do is you have to start, like, probably carry some bear spray, carry a hiking stick, have no problem kicking another dog. I mean, your dog can be killed. Your dog can be injured. You can be bit. Next. Jennifer, my dog goes in the vehicle okay, but he is so anxious. He barks and chews. Mm. How do I get him to stay calm and not chew? I've given him bones, Kong, and it doesn't work. So I would stop with the bones of the Kong because your dog's chewing on them, right? So teach the dog with it dog with the car not moving, go in the car, lie down. Go in the car, lie down. Go in the car, lie down. Teach the dog on the how to do a remote collar down and then role play that that in the front seat. You're in the front seat, the dog's in the back. And you start using the remote collar to reinforce the down. And we can't tell the dog not to be nervous or anxious, but we can start reinforcing the down. Next. Becky oh, Bailey. 
We're new to using Mini Educator to stop our Aussie from barking. After shocking him, he skitters around the house and whines. What do we try to stop that post behavior? You say he whines from fear, but maybe he whines from confusion. So do you say no and then correct? And then just keep him on a leash. Don't allow him to run around the house. But the bigger thing is, it's like, if you're if you say no and then correct and he's on a leash and you're being fair with your corrections, it's like, well, stop barking. Stop barking. I mean, when a dog is brand new to a remote cow and a lot of people say, well, you need to condition the cow. It's like, I'm not spending two weeks conditioning the cow to stop barking. I want to stop barking today. You can also bonk the dog for that. No and then bonk. But always say no first. Next. Lisa, hi, guys. Can place be the crate? Um, I prefer that place is any object there is. It's a, it's an object. So it's a designate. So I crate is crate. I like to say kettle up or crate, go to bed. You can use any words you want. These are just, they're just English words if you speak English. And the place is like an object. It means like go to a spot. Next. Peter, thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Travis, looking forward to this weekend seminar in Florida. I'm going to be there. Going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. A lot of educational learning. I'm just happy to be in Florida where like we can... Like can't wait. Go out to dinner and like not feel like we're like gyms are open. Everything. It's exciting. Yeah, we walk around like you can see people smile and shit. Valerie, hi Jeff. I have a five-year-old cocker spaniel and he has always slept in our room in his bed. Is that a bad idea? He suffers from separation anxiety. He had it before, he still has it, but not as bad as before. Is sleeping in our room contributing to his anxiety? So, Valerie, the first thing I would suggest for the dog with separation anxiety is to get it out of your room and get it in the crate. That's the first thing I would do. Why? Because the dog is going to struggle with it, and you're going to work the dog through it. So, that, so separation anxiety is literally being separate from the owners, and at night, the dog is not separate from you. So, let's start separating him so, we can, so when we're at home, we can start addressing it. And then when we leave the house, it'll be that much easier. Next. Surely when my dog isn't downstay, he will get up after some time. When I correct with the e-collar, he will just walk away further and not go back down. <laughs> I'm not sure how to make him understand go back down. So surely you've got to train the dog how to be corrected. So if you take the dog through all the steps, so priming, CS, NCS, and then NCS also teaches when you get off how to get back. That's all done at working level. Everything's done at working level, by the way. And then you get up to correction. Correction doesn't happen, though, after until a couple of hundred reps. NCS, you stand for a long time, and that is at working level. So it's at a lower level. And, and all you're doing then is, like, the dog steps off. You can hit the remote. Again, it's at working level. And the dog learns to step back. You have a leash on the dog to give it guidance if it needs to be. And you role play that a ton a ton different rooms in the house outdoors indoors different environmentals different distractions and then you wait a while before you do um a, 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 a correction and it's never act of god it's just like it's just like a, it's just a correction like anything else mm -hmm. I mean, you have to hold your dog accountable for when you know a command you have to hold it accountable but when you teach place you're doing hundreds and hundreds of reps all at working level which is the lowest level the dog can feel, call it learning level, call it educational level, level, but you definitely want to make sure the dog is feeling it. And a great way to know if the dog is feeling it is number one is say the dog steps off and then you engage the remote and the dog's like, I feel that stim. 
I'm going to walk back on. Now the dog is starting to understand how to shut the pressure off. That's the whole goal on that. And that's all done. And I don't want to say like the lowest level. It's like whatever level it takes. But when you go to a high level, it usually would freak dogs out. But if a dog's done, say, hundreds and hundreds of reps and is a frequent breaker, you sort of got to hold the dog accountable or never, the dog will never take you seriously. But that takes a while to do. That's a long time. Like, we don't even get up to correction level on place, I don't think, at our seminars, do we? No. Yeah. We just take dogs through NCS. We don't usually get dogs to correction level and board and train until around week three or so. Yeah. And that's like End hundreds. End of week two. That's hundreds of reps, like because that's all we do all day long. Next. Um, Teresa. Hi, Jeff. We just picked up a new seven-year-old dog last week who we planned on e-collar training. Our other dog is e-collar mm. trained, and I was holding the remote. When the new dog saw it, he shut down. He cowered and moved mm. away. At one point, he flattened himself on the ground mm. as well. It seems clear that he's familiar with the device and Sounds has had prior experience. Yeah. How can we change his negative association with the remote so we can eventually start e-collar training him? Any tips would be appreciated. So, so what I would do is start out by just leash training him with lots of food. So leash training him with lots of food and get him really excited to work on all the basics. And then put the remote on and just start doing low-level remote. So it's possible that it was only used as a punisher, which is, you know, it is what it is. I mean, um, and, you know, we've gotten dogs like that. And some people, what they do is they just don't, I mean, it comes with an owner's manual. Some people will use that, like your comment is like, that's why you call or shouldn't be sold. I'm like, you know, just because someone misuses it, that's no, you, that's no reason to ban an item, anything in life. People misuse steak knives all the time, like stabbing people in the eye. You know, but it's like some people also use it to like cut their steak. So, you know, therefore we have steak knives. So I think that um, what you do is start off by just doing the, the basics with, with a, just leash pressure and food. Next. Valerie said, by the way, he used to be created for a long time because of his anxiety, but not anymore since he got better. I feel bad at leaving him in a crate for seven hours while I'm at work, but now I have to leave at as a trap on top of the sofa so he won't go on top of it and destroy it. So you're like, like putting like a, a what like the crate on the sofa. No, it's a, um, some people, they put the scat mats on sofas. Mm. Yeah. So this is the thing. It's like, so seven hours is not too long. You know, I mean, so this is the thing you've got to work. You've got to make money. Bottom line. There are absolutely people out there that are like anti crates. There's a whole segment of the population out there that's anti-crates. I'm anti-dog destroying the house. I'm anti-dog being rushed to the emergency room. I'm anti-coming home and finding a dead dog. So a crate is a wonderful place to put your dog. It's a wonderful place to put your dog. You're exercising your dog. You're doing activities with your dog. You're training your dog. But when you're at work, you're creating your dog. Unless you've got like an outside dog or unless you can 100% trust your dog. To me, you know, we, we, we're, you know, we're really good at stopping separation anxiety, but it's not going to be just like the a crate issue. It's like we want to start doing a lot of other things. We do a nice balance of exercise and duration, exercise and duration. Next. Ben, hi, Jeff. She can go to place on command, but she will move off place immediately. How would you correct her for this, please? Thank you. So, Ben, I don't know how many reps you've done. Have you done a couple hundred reps? And... You number one, the leash should be kept on. 
So the leash, the leash should be kept on the dog. And then you've got to do a lot of reps. So the dog probably doesn't know mm -hmm. that how to do duration yet. So place is go to place, lie down, but it's all done in steps. Go to place and lie down. At the beginning though, you're not getting a lot of duration. Like you can't walk out of the room. You still have to hold on to the leash. Like place really does take time, whether you're using a remote collar or non-remote collar. It's like lots of duration, lots of duration. And at the beginning, you're using a lot of food rewards. And then you can layer the remote over that. You're still using food rewards. And you got to take the dog through the sequence. In our, in our Patreon channel, we really break it down. Next. Edge, hey, Jeff, what's your e-collar remote process when doing the shut up button? When crate training was scoring your videos, but never showed the specific remote technique you see. So, I mean, the, technically the shut, the shut up is it's going to be a level of stim that the dog goes, well, that sucked. I guess I should stop barking. So, in other words, it's usually not a whisper. Like, what level is it? There's no particular level. It's usually momentary. So, you use your momentary button and dog barks, no, and then... You would stim the dog, and it's like it's uncomfortable. It sort of like simulates a bark collar. And the dog's like, well, that was uncomfortable. It's like, I know, but your barking is annoying, and you didn't have to bark. Well, dogs bark. Dogs also bite. That doesn't mean they should be doing it. Dogs also piss and shit in the house. That doesn't mean they should be doing it. Dogs also chew things up. That doesn't mean they should be doing it. So I don't need you to be barking. Next. Um, Lori said you guys are the best. Well, thank you. Sarah, hey, so glad to see you. What a relief. In Texas, no power for days, uh, no water for four days. Oh, broken pipes. Fuck. Yeah, I feel really bad for so sad. all my Texans out there. I, lo I love Texas. And this is, I mean, you guys are not prepared for this shit. They're not. I know. No southern states are. I know. I know. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really bad. We've got enough going on in, you know, 2021 and now 20, 2020 and now 2021. It's like, I know. I know, I know, I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. Next. Edge, I know you use constant, but do you keep dialing up until they do the spinning around to lay down and just hold until they down? So for in the crate you're talking about. So the thing about the crate stuff is there's an art to it. There's actually an art to it. We have videos because we do it at our seminars. Every dog we have at our seminar, we get them to lie down in the crate and be calm. And it's not because we shut them down. We just teach them how to lie down in a crate. So if a dog is barking in the crate, you do momentary at a higher level. That shuts them up. Okay. Now there's a sitting or standing. Now you go down low and then you do continuous and you just watch the dog. What level? The dog's going to tell you. Dogs control the remote. It's like, look at the dog. Now they feel the pressure. They're like, what do I do? They'll spin around. Whenever a dog is spinning around, don't you, then you let go of the remote. Let's see what it does. Sometimes it spins around and sits back down. Do it again. Sometimes it spins around and then lies down. Bingo. And then you have to do that a bunch of times. Pretty soon, if the dog is standing up, just one tap, the dog will just lie down. But you have to remember, you got to do it. There's a sequence to do it. There's an art to do it with the levels. It's like, what level? You got to figure it out. Like you literally are playing with it for a little bit. A lot of people are like, oh, you're going to fuck up the dog. You're going to create a negative association. I'm like, if you just blast the dog in the crate, sure, you'll fuck up the dog. But nobody's doing that, ourselves included, you know? So I think just remember when the dog is spinning around, don't use the remote. It's trying to do something. That's a normal thing for a dog to do is to spin around before it lies down. Next. 
canine girl training 2.5 and 3.2 pinch same dog same size neck which do you prefer do you base off of dog weight usually it's the base based off the dog's weight i mean ideally the 2.5 is going to get you more like links obviously but it also depends on like how much training they've had if they've had a lot of training you can probably move down to the 2.5 next Daniel, thank you. I understand. I'll be in touch with you. You're very knowledgeable. Thank you for answering. Yeah, you're welcome, Daniel. It's like, I don't like, that's the one with the aggressive dog. Yeah. It's really hard for me. I don't want to tell you to do something about your, like, you guys are getting bit. I give you advice. You try that one piece of advice and it's like, ah, I, I need big picture stuff. It's, it's, it's a dangerous situation. Next. Mark, um, leash reactive Sheba screams bloody murder when I correct on prong. What should I do? Tried choke collar, but doesn't work as well. Sheba's man, Mark, they're so loud. It's a Sheba, I mean, so loud. I hate to stereotype the goddamn breed, but damn, Sheba's they kind of fit into their own category. They, they literally, you <laughs> could put a slip lead on a Sheba and just like the littlest leash pressure, and it's like. You just you just shove the hot poker up their ass. Uh -huh. You literally shove the hot poker up their ass. It's like it's like, it's, what did I it's do? So what did I do? It's like it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. So you know we've worked dogs through it. So with the Sheba, this is one of the techniques we use. Not outside where everyone's going to think you're killing your dog. A little bit of leash pressure. Like we're talking like we're talking like like this like this like this. Then what happens is the Sheba's, it'll yell and just literally just keep going like this. Like, go ahead. Keep yelling. Keep yelling. I'm not going to stop till you shut up. It's not even a correction. You're not even correcting the fucking dog. It's like, trust me, like, this is not a correction. It's like, it's just pressure. It's like. As soon as they stop, reward. As soon as they stop, good reward. And it's like, and then you start, you, we have gotten Shebas that literally for three fucking weeks, they have not like every, it's so embarrassing. You're out in public and it's like, and then you get a Sheba that's leash reactive or aggressive or redirects. You got to correct it. And it's like, now it's not only trying to bite you, it's screaming its fucking head off. You can also try spatial pressure yes. when it starts loading. So that way yes. you don't even have to use a leash correction. You just use your body. Watch our spatial pressure video next. Um, Michael, hey, I have a 13-week puppy. I'm working on house training. We're taking him out hourly and doing crate training. Today, all of a sudden, he's peeing in his crate. I'm using a Ooh. divider to make the space smaller, and he doesn't have a UTI. So what, you can, so what you can do is this. And this is not forever. You know how you, like, shrunk the crate this way? You can shrunk the, shrunk the crate, shrink the crate height-wise so the dog can't stand up. Sounds very mean, I know, but but when the dog can not stand up, you can eliminate that. You can eliminate that, all right? So we do that sometimes. That's not the final answer. We're going to move the dog back into a normal-sized crate, but we got to start patterning no peeing in the crate, no peeing in the crate. Also, no make peeing. sure the dog is actually fully emptying its bladder, monitor its food, Take away its water at night. And uh, how old is the dog? 13 weeks. 13 weeks. It should be definitely, you know, it's going to pee in its crate. It's definitely not going to make it overnight sometimes. It's like some do. Like some some do, but a lot of them don't. Next. Good to see you. Where can I buy a bonker? My dog needs to be bonked for his behavior. You don't. You make it. It's a rolled up towel. You probably have towels in your house. If you go to my website in the search box, how to make a bonker. Next. 
start selling bonkers. Yeah. Kristen, so I'm doing muzzle training and prong training and place command and down at home. When we walk outside and it's been negative 15 or more, Bruh. that panting is reactive for sure. But I've been doing the out command and spatial pressure. When we walk, I need control, but I feel like I'm constantly correcting. It's yeah. a training walk and I'm confident. So is it me? So, so Kristen, don't blame yourself. Just, just don't, don't. There's a lot of owner blaming or from trainers, there's a lot of owner shaming. And then there's a lot of owner blaming. Like we're blaming ourselves. This is it. You got to, it sounds like you, you possibly have a very difficult dog. So what you might have to do is try the spatial pressure exercise, try the pre-walk punisher. Every, you know, the, the panting could just be like, now he's just coping too. Yes. Like instead of reacting, he's just panting. Right. He's dealing with his stress and that's the way he's dealing with it. That's why he's dealing with it. So is it you? I think it's like, it's just the situation. So there's a lot of nuances there. That's why, that's why we're doing this leech reactive workshop because there's nuances. There's so many nuances to it. Next. Juanita. Hi from frozen Texas. I had to file. I'm late. Damn. Texas, like, how are you guys getting a hold of us? I know, seriously, a lot of people. They must be using their yet. data. Maybe. Yeah. Emily said, "Yes, split family." Yeah, yeah. I think you know that's you know unfortunately that's one of the downfalls of divorce. And I, but I think we're talking about a safety issue right now. So I think I don't know what the relationship is with your exes, but it's worthy of definitely a sit down. You know, I need to get lawyers involved, but it's a, it's 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 worthy of a sit down next. Carly, I have a Border Collie Australian Shepherd. We do tons of exercise, play, proper tug, and work obedience daily. Nice. Once we are done training anything, we either crate him or put him on his bed, which is his place. Most of the time, he'll fall asleep or just chill, and I will do whatever I need to do around the house. Now, if he gets up and I didn't realize him and I didn't release him from his place, do I need to correct that? When I crate him, he does know not to just run out when I open the crate door. He'll just come off place. When you, when she opens the door, he comes off place. No, when he falls asleep, right, and then wakes oh, and up, then he wakes up, right, place. right, right. So you know that that's one of those things. Like, do I correct my dog after it wakes up? It's like I don't think I'd correct. I'd just I be like, I, I would replace next. Lori, seriously needing help. I'm one of the people you were saying you're concerned about in lockdown. Dogs having to be put down. Mm. I've been following you guys and doing what you said about food guarding. And since he turned one yep. year in October, we introduced him to a female on our street. He is growling and not eating or peeing and going poop until he can't hold it and will shake and had an accident on the floor today. Sits and shakes. Growled at my husband with hair sticking up and showing teeth. So, Lori, you got a lot of issues possibly. So you might be a good candidate for a one-on-one. -on -one, but I think... What's happening is I'm a little bit confused about the. I'm confused too. Food guarding. And then now when he introduced him to a female. So we can address the food guarding with a food guarding out protocol that I've got on my video. I don't know what your skill set is. I'm introducing to other dogs. So that one, I can't really tell you. And as far as the, the, the not going outside to go to the bathroom, that's going to be like a scheduled, a scheduled routine. But I think a lot of people, you know, the great thing I like about a lot of the pandemic puppies is it's a catch-22, though, unfortunately. You have plenty of time to work with your dog, but you also have plenty of time to make mistakes. So I think it's important that we we sort of – I'm just such a, I'm just such an advocate of humans, and I want you to win. It's like, 
I want to help you like have the dog that you want. So, you know, there's, it seems like you've got a couple of different categories of issues, but the resource guarding what's eliminate with a free video introduction of another dog. I need way more information. The bathroom stuff. I'm not quite sure. I understand next. Good to see you. So can you please show me how to make a bonker? So I have a free video that will show you how to do it. I can't do it right now. Why? I don't have a towel or rubber bands in front of me and I can't, I need to be sitting on the floor to do it, but I have a great video. It's on YouTube. If you want it in my YouTube channel, which you're on possibly right now, you type in my search box, how to make a bonker. You'll see how I make a bonker. Okay. Next. Rebecca said you rock. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Rebecca. Casey, how to stop growling, barking, whining on walks, passing strangers. So there's a lot of variables there. Number one, you're gonna be it's gonna be a punitive protocol. How's your dog's walk? Is it walking next to you? Is it walking behind you? It's the first sign of your dog loading, which loading is it's like it looks like it's about to do it. You would say no, incorrect. Also, do my driveway drill protocol. I've got a video on driveway drills. Watch that video, learn about spatial pressure, and then learn about how to walk your dog next to you and then as far as loading it's learn how to give a proper correction right before the dog um while, i'm sorry while the dog is loading next surely hi guys with my question just up there about my dog moving from downstairs he actually was at an eight-week board and train came back in july he was very good on downstairs up until recently so it's surely what happens sometimes is humans are humans we get a little bit slack we get a little bit slack. So what I need you to do is remember when he first came back and how you were probably like a little bit, you know, intense with your training. Let's go backwards to that. So he probably, he probably does know it next. Unless there's been a dramatic change in the household. So that can be a relationship, money, new dog, moving. Those are a couple of things. John playing tug as I watch this, typing one-handed. GSD Husky yanking my arm off. Her out drop command is solid. Thanks to the advice from Jeff being put into practice. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Love your golf game too, buddy. Susan, side note, Joelle, you have to hook up with The Rock for Titans. You can run for VP when he runs for president in 3032. <laughs> <laughs> so he says and has plans to do. LOL. Peace. Hope I made you all laugh. Thank you, Susan. You what? What is The Rock for Titans? Titans is a show he's, he does. It's, oh, that, it's that show. I don't watch TV. Yeah, it's that show. I think it's a, like a physical fitness competition oh. thing he does, like sort of like... um. That parkour one that's on there that's been like on American there. Ninja Warrior. Yeah, but yeah, like like that. Yes, yes. Ben, I just caught her getting into the trash can and I bonked her and she looked at me as if to say, What the There fuck? you go, Ben. Make sure you say no first, Ben. All right. Good job, buddy. Good job. That's the look we want. What the fuck? It's like it's like, what the fuck? You just cost me five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars to rush into the vet. So if anyone's gonna say what the fuck, let it be the puppy, right? Ben I already read that. Kayla, my eight-month-old dog will only lay down if I use food, and she will only lay down for a few seconds. Then she instantly goes into a sit. She'll not lay down with leash pressure. Any suggestions? So, yeah. So, I think you got a, you got a lot of work ahead of you. So, what you're going to do is take watch my video on how to, do, how to teach a dog how to do it down, and you could use food, and you can use leash pressure, and I think it's really, really important that you do lots and lots of reps, and then you get the dog up to correctional level, so you can start correcting your dog for for breaking a known command. Next. Canine girl training. We need a bonker holder with three size options. Bonker bay. Yeah, it's true. You do. You got to have them like color coordinated, on a shelf. You get your little like 
what are those little letters, the little sticker letters you guys put on the remotes out a there? A label maker. And you need a label maker to put them up there. Yes. This one's for this. This one's for this. This one's for this. Next. Um, Bailey, thanks, guys. Are you supposed to shock high enough that they don't have any residual barks? Our dog will yip after I shock, but then does a couple more barks. Yeah. So sometimes dogs are like, they got to get the last word in, like, you know, I won't say. So I think that, I think make sure you're saying no and then you're correct. Some dogs will just do that like little excess of like, well, let me get the last word in. It's like, look at the big picture. Does the dog stop or not? Next. Carly, going off my last question about place, once he wakes up and gets off place and I put him back, how long do I wait till I can release him? Uh, it's up to you. 100% up to you. It's up to you. You know, personal choice. Next. Bob, hi guys from Alexis and K9. Oh, hey, Bob. How are you? That's it. That's good because it's 828. So we're going to end the show right now, right on time. Don't forget, go to um, SallyK9Training.com. It has the links to our Mastermind Seminar, Jeff Gelman Seminars, you know, all of our social media, different platforms. There's so much free content we put out there. We're really, really trying to help everybody. Um, and if you need a lot of help, you can either obviously go to a seminar or hire us, but you can also do a one-on-one -on -one consult. But even if you don't do any of that, just go down the rabbit hole of our free stuff. All right? Love you guys. Take care. Good night.